Hello and welcome to the Life Performance Podcast. I'm your host today, Pete Jacobs, and today it is all about solving your issues with cramps. If you've ever experienced them in your feet, in your hamstrings, anywhere, I'm going to tell you what could potentially be going on. It's one of four or five different factors, and this could particularly help you if you're about to race an Ironman. It is early June 2021 as I record this, and Ironman Cairns is just a few days away. So if you're about to race, this is going to help you. If you listen to this at any point before your next Ironman, it is really going to help you because cramping happens most often during an Ironman when a muscle that we haven't particularly focused on in training becomes overused in the race, and then we cramp. But there's a few factors that could potentially be causing that, and I'm going to jump right into them. And the disclaimer is that these are my theories that I've put together. And although it's not a theory, it is explaining cramping in a way that I've never personally heard from somebody else. So as far as I am concerned, I'm telling you an original idea of mine, but it definitely is not a idea. It is just putting everything together in a way that all of the other research lines up from all the different factors that could be causing cramping. I've lined them up under the heading of how energy production is affected. And that is the answer to cramping. And here we go. So the answer to cramping is that energy, which is adenosine triphosphate or ATP, is produced in the mitochondria. And that is what allows our muscles to move. That is energy. Energy is what causes and allows our muscles to move and contract and relax. So it's quite obvious. We need to be able to produce ATP in order for the muscles to move and work properly. When energy or ATP production is inhibited, we are likely to cramp. It's one outcome that can occur, particularly in a muscle that's been overused. So there's a few, a few factors that could be in, inhibiting energy production. And when they combine, that's going to cause an issue. So what are those factors that cause energy production? Well, if you've listened to any of my podcasts previously, you know that it is all about stress. But what is stress? Stress is inflammation. So inflammation comes from particular types of food are more inflammatory than others. So let's say something that raises blood sugar is more inflammatory. That will lower oxygen levels getting through into the cells. So that's one thing, inflammation and low oxygen. So oxygen is used to produce ATP efficiently. Without good levels of oxygen, you're basically anaerobic. It's as if you're doing a flat-out sprint, but you're doing it all the time. So doing that over a long period, of course, is going to produce lots of oxidative stress. So even if you're exercising at a moderate level, oxidative stress will build up and over time, oxidative stress will also inhibit oxygen getting through and energy being produced efficiently. So there's a compounding exponential reaction. Once there's stress, they're blocking energy efficient production. Then you get less efficient energy production on top of that and it just compounds exponentially. So another reason that you could experience low energy production and experience cramps is the one that you've all heard of, which is 
low electrolytes. You've all been told sodium will fix cramps. And that's not, while it's not entirely true, it's also not entirely false. It could be one small factor in the energy production cycle. So sodium, magnesium, potassium, the three key electrolytes are all used and very important in energy production. So once you do get very low in electrolytes, in any of those three, it can cause problems with cramping. So if you've ever had twitchy muscles at night or cramping calves in bed, what's the first thing the pharmacist says to you? Oh, you should start taking this magnesium supplement. And of course, it's so obvious. The things that we do habitually, the things that we are told, we all know that they exist, but we don't know the reasoning behind why it helps. Now, energy production, oh, sorry, magnesium doesn't just help energy production. Magnesium also helps neural pathways and signaling. So let's just imagine that you've asked a muscle repeatedly and repeatedly to work over and over again over many hours or even just over the course of a a day it gets used. Those pathways may become fatigued because they're using up electrolytes. They're using up vitamins and minerals as they produce energy and send signals. Your body can't live on you know, just air and water, it's using vitamins and minerals to send signals, to create energy and do all of these fancy things that it does. So low signaling, which can be caused by low magnesium, can be part of the problem a little bit further down the chain of what's causing the cramps. The signal is not correct. The signal's not getting through and the energy production is probably inhibited as well. So it's likely not to be just one thing. It's likely to be when there is an overload of issues going on, that's when you're going to cramp. So let's say you ate some high glycemic food and your blood sugars rose. Maybe then you were breathing quite quickly. So if you're breathing faster, let's say you're talking a lot. So talking is a little bit down the end of the spectrum towards hyperventilation it's a long way away from, you know, breath holding at the other end of the spectrum. And so talking is going to lower the CO2 levels in your cells because you're expelling a lot of air constantly. And it's this constant kind of, (gasps) and you're kind of breathing in and out fast. So that could be one thing talking, or if you've just got a poor breathing pattern. So if you can't breathe comfortably through your nose, if you are eating and at the same time of what you're eating is causing lower oxygen levels in the cells, the way that you eat and breathe while you're eating could also be causing lower levels of CO2 and therefore those lower levels of oxygen. And then the other one, then you add in that you're low in electrolytes and you go to bed in this state of inflammation from the food, lower CO2 from over over breathing, And then you also add in that you originally started with lower magnesium levels or sodium or potassium levels. And bam, in in bed, you may start to cramp. Or when you're swimming. Now, why does this happen when we're swimming a lot? Well, that's the breathing component showing its head. So when you breathe, if you breathe every two strokes, for example, and maybe you have a little bit of a faster stroke rate, which also happens in a race when you're trying to go fast 
and you're a little bit panicked because you're in a crowd of people and you're getting knocked about, you start to take shorter strokes and breathe faster. So breathing faster while swimming is like hyperventilating. You are lowering the CO2 levels in your cells. Therefore, the exchange rate is lowered. So less oxygen is exchanging. Less oxygen in the cells means less ATP, means everything starts to feel bad. And it's not just the muscles that feel bad. Low oxygen in the body and cells also means that your brain will start to panic a little bit as well. So then you get the anxiety. So you couple that with in a crowd, in the, in the water, your lower oxygen in the cells in your brain, you're starting to panic and they all compound one another. And suddenly you're having a panic attack and cramping in the water. It's as simple as that, putting all the pieces together of breath affecting the energy production, affecting the anxiety levels in your brain because of low oxygen getting into the cells there affects energy levels in the brain. So low energy levels everywhere induces anxiety, induces cramps. So back to an Ironman race. It was Hawaii World Championships 2011 and I was having a battle for second place. And as I pulled away into second place away from Andreas Raylett, then up ahead of me was Craig Alexander, but he still had about five, six minutes on me. But people were starting to say, oh, he's cramping, he's cramping. And later on, I looked at the footage and, and saw the highlights. And yes, coming down a Leahy Drive in the last couple of kilometers, um, Craig was cramping, his hamstrings were gone. So why is it that hamstrings will often go on an Ironman? And it reminds me of another funny video from probably a decade ago of a guy in Port Macquarie where he was at one of the spots on the run and he was laying down and someone lifted his leg up to try and release his cramp. And he had a straight leg, someone was holding it and they're like, yeah, okay, this is just a volunteer trying to help him out. And they're like, yeah, all right, well, can I let your foot go? And then they, he starts to put the foot down and then the guy's like, no, 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 as his leg cramps again as soon as it was lowered towards the ground and the volunteer had to stand there. Who knows how long for? The video didn't <laughs> show us the whole thing. So back to why is it that hamstrings in particular go? Well, your performance relies on a few things, which is the training and adaptation that you've put into your muscles before the race. So the hamstrings in particular, yes, they get used in riding, they get used in running, but it's not a muscle that we really focus on. However, in a race, you're in an aero position more than you would ever otherwise be. So the input going through that muscle is different to in a race. And then you add on top of that, that you actually run a marathon off the bike. So you're in a more aero position for longer. Then you are running the full marathon which very few people ever do in a race. It's something you only do a few times a year in races. So you get a muscle that is being overused on race day comparative to the effort you've been able to push through it in training. And oxidative stress is another factor that will inhibit energy production. So let's say by the end of the marathon in Hawaii, Craig had lower electrolyte levels He'd also pushed his hamstrings harder than they were capable of withstanding. So they weren't as well trained as other muscles, and yet he'd used them quite a lot on race day. 
and then suddenly you're cramping and you're towards the end of the race as well. So, you know, your breathing's probably quite short and shallow. You're very hot, which puts more demand on uh, your heart rate and, and more ATP being demanded in every area of your body. Oxygen trying to get to lots and lots of places in your body at once. So there's a few factors going on there that mean that the hamstrings in particular are somewhere that go. Another time where I've noticed my own breathing change through and, and causing a cramp is running. Now, I've been running in minimalist shoes for quite a long time, but there was a period there when you're kind of breaking into building up the running miles again. So I haven't been running that much, but I went for a longer run with people and I was talking a lot. And I'd noticed that when I was talking more, my feet would start to cramp a little bit. And then it, if I stopped talking and tried to control my breathing more and with withhold and retain more carbon dioxide and therefore more CO, more uh, oxygen would get through to the cells at a high rate of exchange, I would be able to control the cramp and it wouldn't be too bad. So that's pretty cool that I was able to notice how breathing would affect the energy production in a particular muscle while I was doing it. And I was able to repeat this several times uh, in the period of building up my running. And lastly, there's a few products out there that aren't really relying on anything from what I've mentioned to fix cramps. They are relying on a change of the signal getting through to your muscles, your body, your brain. Well, your brain is controlling everything. So it's sort of like, so one of these products is, is like a vinegar type taste. And another one is based a bit more on a bit of cayenne pepper. So all it's doing is giving, your, giving you a stimulus that is different to the one that you've been experiencing previously. So it would be a little bit like changing your technique or, you know, let's say, so in an Ironman, you just run on a flat road without changing technique, without moving your muscles, without running sideways upstairs or any of that. So the muscles become triggered by the pathways that are sending the signals in a very particular monotonous fashion. So therefore, some muscles may just go, hey, you know what? Or some neural neural connections, we're not being used. Well, let's just sort of switch off and we'll let the load go to these other muscles and we'll let them do it all. So what you may find is that a change in neural stimulus from a different taste in your mouth or a different thought or a different emotion um, can really change what's going on in the cramp because neurally you might actually start to fire up more muscles. You can demand more, ox more ATP be generated in a different fashion. So rather than getting lazy and everything start to get a bit tired and just switch off auto automatically, you actually demand that you produce more energy and make it work harder. So a funny story about this is when Jamie and I did the New York Marathon together in around 2013, I think it was, and she started a cramp in her foot in the last couple of kilometers. And then as we turned the last corner into Central Park about you know, 600 meters from the finish line, somebody trod on the back of her shoe and her shoe came off. So she suddenly was like 
annoyed and she was frazzled and, oh my God, how could this happen? She put the shoe back on and the cramp was gone because she suddenly had this surge of adrenaline, surge of energy, surge of emotion, and she sprinted to the finish line in the last uh, 600 meters. It was an amazing example of how neural pathways and connections and the brain triggering what it's asking the body to do can also have an impact on energy production. So I hope that has given you a full, complete view of everything that could be possibly causing a cramp. It's likely to be a combination of factors. So always don't just look at what's the one thing that is doing this. Always look at the bigger picture and always take your electrolytes. Start the race with heaps of electrolytes. Always be taking a magnesium supplement is my personal recommendation. Magnesium has so many different roles in the body. So if I've answered any of your queries about why you cramp in this podcast, I'd love you to write me a review on your iTunes app and say, thanks, you solved an issue. I'd love to hear more about this. Thanks very much for joining me on today's episode. And please get in contact if you would love a just a one-off consult or if you want some ongoing feedback where we cover everything through technique and nutrition, sleep patterns, and I can really just be your at your beck and call for everything that you want to know about, everything you want to improve, and particularly mindset. Love working with people about mindset because that triggers all your central nervous system, triggers energy production. Um, and if you have got questions about energy production, one of my favorite topics, you know, definitely hit me up. I'd love to chat more about it. So that's everything today. Hope you got something out of it. And thanks for listening.